The only problem is, is whenever I play something that's a little bit more sort of bitey, like yeah, that guy um, is a nonce. It can be, it can lose its sting sometimes. <laughs> I, did, I didn't lose any. <laughs> didn't lose any venom? Any any of its biting quality? Where did you get that? Um. I think I got it from, do you know, the Royal Grumble 2.0, which, oh. uh, for, the, for the listeners, because I've hit record, and just in case this is the bit that we play at the beginning, um, you can actually go back and check that. That's the last episode that we did, and it's from four months ago. So, Four whole months. Yeah, we, we take our off-season seriously around at the Stiff Upper Lip podcast, which is that we sit on our asses and drink beer for four months, and then we get into the football season... What are you drinking, Sam? Uh, Francis kind of ice beer. Is it any good? Yeah, it's a nice little. It's a nice little tipple. You can get it. You can get it a, a little for fucking like one pound fifty. One fifty. Ooh. One pound fifty for premium Bavarian beer, manufactured in accordance with the Bavarian purity laws. <laughs> fucking kidding me? You pulling my dick? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's getting pulled out. <laughs> that's, that's, that's getting pulled aside. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we've not done a new intro, by the way. Um, I figured we'd. I figure this is like season. Is this the fourth one? This is our fourth season, Sam. Jesus we are Christ. grizzled veterans of the podcasting world, <laughs> and we only just hit a thousand streams. If if we were a an undrafted rookie, we'd we'd be on the Falcons practice squad by now. Yeah, we we are currently Josh Rosen trying to secure a fifth year, oh, God, a fifth no. year deal. That's what's happening here. We are Josh Rosen. I've never heard such a grim <laughs> grim description. One of, of my favorite one of my favorite things from the first season of this podcast is me and Ed functionally disagreed about Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. Um he said that Josh Rosen was a far better player and would have had a much better career and I argued that Sam Darnold was just in a really bad spot because it was like Adam Gase feel... was his head coach. And we were both know. proven incredibly wrong, but we both argued yeah. the counterpoint, so we're both equally as right and wrong. I I remember literally nothing from that first season. You didn't oh. show up. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I showed up to like You did the pilot. You did the pilot where we where we sort of mildly took the piss out of Daniel Jones, which ended up being very astute. <laughs> you did one episode around sort of week three before I went. Yeah, yeah. Before I went away, um, I think you did one before the Super Bowl, but I think it was like the championship round of the playoffs. Okay. This, this is. It's a miracle you. the turnaround that you've had on this show. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the Cinderella story. Four years ago, I had a, I'd say, a passing interest in the NFL. And as I've stated before, I only said yes to this because I, w- I knew in my heart with 100% certainty because of many things that Ed has said to me before, that it would not happen. 
And then I went and sat at a table with you and Eddie and Emma, three people who, like, my only context for you was like, oh, he knows a lot about sports. <laughs> and Ed and Emma knew far more about football than I ever thought they did. Uh, so I would take my weeks, I would gather tidbits from around the NFL and then scatter them throughout the episodes that I was at far enough away from those recordings that it seemed like an organic product of my mind. <laughs> I I do quite like the sentiment that you that you are almost getting out your origin story a little bit here. Um I quite like the idea of it. Maybe maybe as like a fifth year when we're all renewing our fifth year option for whether or not we want to carry on this podcast, are we picking up my fifth year option? <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll all reflect on on where we've come uh, as 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 a, as a podcast because I feel like we've all we've all expressed on our own volition a, a, a deep disinterest at times in in the show. You you got yours out of the way early. I think I, yeah. mine was around the beginning of season two when uh, Emma had basically stepped aside as lead but producer, Ed, and yeah. I had to, I had to fill those those shoes incredibly quickly without any real previous experience. Ed, I'm sure, is on the way to that <laughs> passing disinterest because he's going to be very busy this season. And Max only joined us last year. We signed him as a plucky under a, uh, undrafted free agent coming out of a factory in Wisconsin. <laughs> they just they just pump out mildly agreeable two year career guys. <laughs> so we 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 best make the we best make the most of this next year. Uh, it it is honestly it's like <laughs> running back by committee more like. You're not going to get paid, son, because your legs are shot by the end of this rookie what? contract. Yeah, that's the thing. Max, like, me and, me and you and Ed and Emma, we, we were part of the nexus of this. We, this podcast is, it's like a hive mind that we all kind of committed to right away. Max is here by choice. Yeah, actually, we've we've all been in here too long to ever think about getting out. But Max is here because he looked at our operation and thought, "These are people that I want to associate. <laughs> These are people and a product that I want to associate myself with." Yeah, Max. Max got invited on as as a guest for a couple times during season two, and honestly. Do not regret it in the slightest. He's been an absolutely oh. brilliant like addition to the show. But he could have bailed on this at like episode oh, three. So I think yeah. that we won him over when we did a five and a half hour stream of the Super Bowl where you got your nipples out on my Twitch. If you if you're signing on to the Sam Longdon friendship experience, it's best to go through the the rough patches first. <laughs> and then you get invited to their wedding afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I managed to tow a good line with you because we kind of knew each other enough by doing the podcast from that point 
that our friendship could ride that out. Me getting my nipples out on your Twitch and almost getting you banned. <laughs> I actually, I never got anything through at all to say that I shouldn't have done that. I think that somebody was just uh, trying to look out uh, for me, but uh, it it does, it was a good idea for him to point out that you probably shouldn't mm. get you. But yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe it's because my nipples are the same colour as the rest of my body. Do you know what I find really funny about that first episode, <laughs> by the way? Sorry, to just die to just digest through what what you were saying there. What I find really funny, yeah. this 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 preseason episode is just us knocking off ring rust, by the way. It's gonna involve me and Sam just reflecting, I think. I don't know whether or not Max is gonna end up joining us. He was actually up in Scotland. So, <laughs> which, yeah, he got back. He got back from Scotland about half an hour ago. Yeah, so I don't know if he'll end up joining us. So it might just be me and Sam like reflecting for a little bit on the first few yeah. bits. But which, do you know our chemistry in that first episode? I'm surprised it it actually worked as well as it did because I met you for the first time that day, and we got a Beres <laughs> in that. In oh, that mid afternoon, we literally we went back to you and Ed and Emma picked me up from my mate's place because I'd been there drinking yeah. the night before. Uh, we then went to Woodseats to pick up my microphone because I've got to bring it with me to their house, which I slept over at. And then when we were on Woodseats, we got a Beres. That is literally the only bit of interaction that we'd had. Is this? Give me the baby. This is sushi. Sushi is a new cat for 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 the podcast. Um, we actually she's, we we do manage to strike a wonderful balance between very very stupid and very very evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we basically not met each other up until sitting in the back of that car. And eating a berries and then sitting down to record. Well, that's the thing. If for context, for I gather, or at least I assume, a good amount of people listening to this podcast, if any, <laughs> <laughs> will will not know what berries is. Berries is a hot pork cob shop slash bakery. Please don't call it a uh, cob. It's from Sheffield. It's a bread cake. I'm sorry. Uh, bread cake roll bap. Um, I've I've grown up a a foot either side of the rather. Okay, you can get the best pork cobs you've ever had in your life, and I believe that mine and Tom's initial meeting over a jumbo XL with all the toppings. I think that was the fertile ground on which our friendship was born. It definitely helped, and, and it, I feel like what's happened since then is it's only blossomed to the point oh, where yeah. we actually... So one of the things that happened over the preseason is we met Max again um, for, for the second time. We went to a Women's Euros game! We went to Yay. Sweden versus the Netherlands. Sweden and the Netherlands played out a 1-1 draw in, the, in, a, in an absolutely <laughs> cracking... Women's Euros tournament that England naturally bloody won. We're European champions because the Lionesses brought it home. Are you kidding me? What a preseason return that is! It's, it's a new day. It's a, a golden dawn, uh, or everywhere. Exactly. I don't. The episode ended up 
um, never going out because of my own complete foibles. And I, I do, I do want to make an apology before uh, season four kicks off um, to Brody Sports Talk, who actually sat through a full episode recording, including we asked him at the end of the episode whether or not it was coming home about the Euros last year. I think this was before the quarterfinals had even been played. He answered absolutely brilliantly. He was a phenomenal guest. And then I just botched putting the recording out in time. And then it was the end of the Euros. And then I just... I didn't think to just cut that bit at the end off and just release the rest of the episode. Frankly, that's the first bit of of pre-season that we need to get out of the way. I need to apologise for the end of Season 2 and beginning of Season 3 to Brody Sports Talk. And I'm very sorry, Brody. That's a a botched job. It is. Uh, There's been quite a few of them. (laughs) Honestly, there's so many of them. I, I, I I did... We've had a few of those, both in in writing and in audio form. You clunkers. Yeah, we've. It's not the first time that something's been recorded and or created and then not been released on time slash ever. Well, that, I like to think that the like the real heart of this show and why we're still doing this is because we've been through moments like that. This show is like, it's like a living stone golem. Made of failure. <laughs> well, like one of those, uh, the sort of like Native American like totem pole thingies that are uh, comprised of a bunch of heads, and some of them have got like wings and stuff. It's yeah. just all about except, failures. Except they're all crying because they <laughs> didn't release an episode in time. Actually, while we're getting things off our chest, you know. In, I want to say, season... It was probably just season one. Maybe season two. Um, Every single time I said I forgot my microphone, it was because I did not own a microphone. I I knew that it wasn't. When you said that you'd forgotten your microphone and then you're still showing up now, three years on from your own abode, without without a proper microphone... Uh, excuse me, I have invested, um... Nothing, Sam, you've invested absolutely... We are three years into you being at home, and you're still using, like, an Amazon £10 headset. Firstly, 16. Secondly, (laughs) I have invested as much money as this podcast and the quality... (laughs) The quality of product that is produced warrants. If I went out and got a hundred pound like snowball whatever ass mic, I would be more the fool. See, I'd argue that we've gotten more than enough value out of our out of all of our actual microphone equipment. For example, I mean the microphone that I've got has cost me fifty quid. We've recorded more than fifty hours worth of podcasting glory out of out of that. What hasn't been recuperated is the thousand pounds I spent on a computer so that I could actually record the fucker. So you know we're we're still we're still cracking through. We're we're, we're processing yeah, we're still, life. We're still burning through that. I mean, I uh, um, <laughs> I also I don't do anything apart from edit this podcast, which could be done on like a one of the 
computers from like my primary school IT lab in 2004. But I do use Hannah's like thousand pounds <laughs> gaming <laughs> computer to do <laughs> which I will say she uses almost almost purely for playing like high res glossy versions of Zoo Tycoon. I didn't quite catch that. What else does she play? <laughs> um, she plays this weird game called Dinkum. Oh wait, Beth's been on about that because she also uses her shiny yeah. glossy gaming PC to play shiny glossy Zoo Tycoon and Planet yeah. Zoo and The Sims and one like, Dinkum. Well, like every time, like when Hannah got this, it was literally because she wanted to play Planet Zoo. And put everything to max, and that was it. Now, whenever I come in, I'm like, hey, what are you playing? She's like, ah, a chibi farming simulator that could run on, like, a screen on a treadmill from 1994. <laughs> uh, quality. Shall we... Can we sell the files of Pound Computer? <laughs> <laughs> on... on a treadmill from 1994. <laughs> <laughs> shall we? Oh. Shall we run the the intro sting because we're we're 20 minutes in and this has all been reflections. Do you, shall run we turn? It. Shall we turn our attention to football? Yes. All right. <laughs> because we don't have an intro yet for season four, and it's not season three anymore. Well, this is- this is like three part two. No, I've I've got a better idea for what we can do for for while we're in the preliminary stages of of season four without an intro. Hit. <laughs> Who on you boys in blue? You like that? Shut the hell up! Analytic Wonderkind. Ron Rivera should be the senator of Washington. West Wing as a pit. Um, other than the COVID toe. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that guy um, is a nonce. America's team. We're back! The hey. NFL is, is actually <laughs> back. You've already listened through about 20 minutes of... of, of reflections about the podcast but the actual <laughs> pre-season is on it's just me and sam at the moment max is probably going to be joining us before the end of the episode but how how have the giants looked sam have you watched any of pre-season at all i have as well like it's they played a decent amount of their starters, but only for probably over the three games, like first quarter or two. Yeah, it's 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 common for preseason. Like, yeah, it's but... one of the things about preseason that I always say is that like there's so, there's so much that you just have to throw out before the regular season starts that you've learned about preseason yeah. it's mainly well, there it, to shake off the rust yeah it's it's either like your backups playing against 
backups, so it doesn't really factor into anything, or your backups playing against starters, so you're gonna get wailed on a bit, or your starters performing against backups, so you're gonna have it easier. And then by the fourth quarter, you've got third stringers on third stringers, and you've got guys that are going to be practice squad guys for the Falcons in a year. Yeah. But the Giants have looked pretty good. Nice little win over the Bengals. Nice little preseason win over the Patriots. Like, yeah, it's it's not to be sniffed at. (laughs) They've... They've had a lot of people out the last, like, this last week, just with injury, but most of it short-term. DJ's looked pretty good, uh, the snaps that he's played. He has... Every, like, preseason that he's had, he always manages to, like, make a good little, like, game or two with Backman Seaver mm. who's I think he's our like <laughs> at this point he's probably like our fourth or fifth string wide receiver. Yep. Um preseason legend, actual season nobody. Has but yeah has the play call in which again like Coaches don't really show off their hand too much when it comes to play calling. But now that you've got an actual offensive-minded head coach, has there been any risk at all that the Giants will be kneeling down inside their own half on third down? No. Losing. There's been some nice calls from Dable. There's been... Um, in the... <laughs> Sorry, the kitten just ran into the door, I think. <laughs> uh, some nice gutsy calls from Dable. There was a, in the Bengals game, they were on a, like, fourth and one in their own half and went for it. And, like Dable said after the game, that, like, he likes, you know, he, he's a big believer in analytics and that's where, like, the numbers are said to go that he wouldn't, like, put his complete faith in that, but there it seemed like the right thing to do, and it was, because they, like, got a first down. But I think just the the kind of coach that he is and the the kind of, I don't know, the kind of football they want to play, I think they're just going to end up taking a lot more risks anyway. And that, whether it actually gleams any, like, results, I don't know, but I think it matches up well with like a Wink Martindale defense. Nice. Like, blitz the shit out of ev- every, every down. And just go like hammer and tongs, take some risks when you've got the ball. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Sounds, it does sound promising. Um, Again, it's kind of hard as well to keep track of exactly how teams are going to look in preseason. You mainly yeah. really focus on your own team to see if you can learn anything about like your third string guys, see who might end up coming yeah. up in the event of an injury. Because the vast majority of us, when you're watching another team's preseason game, you're probably not going to really be 
paying too much attention by the end of the second quarter because all of the starters are gone and you get down into backup territory. But from a from a Giants fan perspective, four years into the Daniel Jones experiment, how hopeful are you right now that things will turn around in this fourth year? Um, I guess, like, uh, that has always been my hope. And I think purely because I actually started becoming interested in football a season when he actually started starting <laughs> games. Yeah. But, um, I, I really don't know. Like, the the O line is is so. I mean, it's it's wildly unhealthy at the minute. Yeah, but like literally, I think the only O line, the only linemen that are healthy are Thomas Glowinski and Evan Neal. Like right now, like starting linemen. And there's a there's guys that have really, you know, it's it's not been a great preseason for the for the O line. Evan Neal had a rough start, but he he looked a bit better the last two games. Yeah, uh, I think it just depends on that, and I guess the scheme and what Abel really ends up kind of. Giving him, yeah, that sounds about fair. Like, I, I think I, I don't think anyone could disagree that he could be like a low-level starting quarterback. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are that are sort of in this think, weird position where they they're not they're not quite happy with their with their current starting quarterback. I think Daniel Jones falls into that bracket, if I'm being honest. I don't think the Giants are at I mean, all convinced by him. Just purely yeah, because, that, I mean, he, he gets hurt a fair amount. He doesn't He doesn't really light up teams. I mean, he had he's had a few games where he, he's capable of showing what he has. But outside of that, it's sort of been largely middling. That's very tentative. It's It's, it's predicated on a lot of things going very well for him. Yeah. Like receivers have to get like good separation. The own line needs to be more stout than it has been for a while. Honestly, the <laughs> offense just needs to be healthier as well. Like Kadarius Tony yeah. missed a lot of time last year through mm-hmm. injuries. Like he, their receiving core just doesn't have yeah. many healthy guys on it constantly so yeah. it, it is tough and then obviously running back goes down it's yeah it's Tom, Tom you sweet fool we're paying we're paying 72 million dollars for Kenny Galladay that's what you want he's disappeared <laughs> he joined he heard Kenny Galladay he left <laughs> this is fair enough um, yeah, we had a brief appearance from Max there Speaking of free. speaking of getting healthy, uh, you knew that it was coming. You mentioned the Bengals game. Uh, <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau 
had one of the more gruesome looking injuries already of 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 this fledgling preseason. Um, what is actually the latest regarding that? Because it looked foul. Yeah, it didn't look good. The um, the injury report, I think, is just a sprained MCL. So it's like, I think it's three to four weeks, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But it's it's just the whole, like, I mean, for the, obviously, if you're listening to this in any capacity, you'll probably know that it was just a, like, a nasty looking cut block. Um, it was a... It was one of the Bengals tight ends, and I can't for me remember which one. Um, Moss. Oh, it was it was fucking Randy Moss's son. Yeah, Thaddeus. Thaddeus. <laughs> Thank you, Max. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a, a cut block from Thaddeus Moss that Kayvon just like planted his foot, and it 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 looked. Nasty, but I mean, like it was a per. Abel said after the game that it was like a perfectly legal block. They, uh, you know, they, uh, especially with like fullbacks and like you know linemen, it, it's it's a part of the game in the NFL. But especially for guys coming through from college, like where it's much more heavily like. Well, not much more heavily. It's not. It's not legal in more situations. Oh, I, it, yeah. I think it's a difficult thing to adjust to. Yeah. Yeah, there was sort of a weird overreaction that seemed to be going off from uh, Rich Eisen. Um, some. Social media influencer called Warren Sharp, uh, Emmanuel Acho Acho had a had a bit of a hissy fit about it. There were quite a lot of guys saying that it was like a dirty play and that Thaddeus Moss should be like removed from the league. And I'm like, it's it's not at all. It's not a wow. it's not a it's not an illegal play. I don't think it's a dirty play because that implies some kind of negligence or like. Uh, intentional intense. fracturing of the law. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Vontae's perfect level. Yeah. But I mean, the true barometer. Yeah. I think I think I think it just like I think it was an unnecessary block maybe, but like it, it's a fucking football game, what are you gonna do? Like, yeah. I will say there was one person who I hold in very high regard who wasn't a fan of it. Uh, one, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons wasn't a fan of the blog. Micah Parsons was not a fan. Uh, I will repeat his tweet verbatim. Why would you <clears throat> hold Micah Parsons in high regard, though, by the way? Because he's fucking great. Mm. Uh, yeah, but what about all the other stuff? Yeah, what about literally all of the other personal things? Guys, I'm a sports guy. <laughs> Removing oh, the, yeah, we're doing this into sports. 
you know, sports is sports, and if there's one thing that Sam knows, sports. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a... It's just one of those things where defensive players say they need more protecting. There's a lot of things about what defensive players can't do. Then yeah. It's not as regulated. Obviously, they, they recently took the blindside block out, and you wonder whether they think about removing. Because it's clearly something that can lead to nasty injuries. Yeah. And, like, <clears throat> I mean, there's nothing wrong with just blocking high, is there? Like, he's much less likely to get hurt. So they might consider removing that from the game and making it a foul, but... Well, I think I think the only difference between like, and I will preface this by saying that I have a loose understanding of NFL rules, not to mention like college football rules. However, I believe the only difference in legality and everything is the difference between like the high end box and the tackle box, and being able to cut block in one area as opposed to another. Yeah, but I don't really think... I mean, it's, it's kind of dangerous. It's a dangerous play wherever I, it happens. But yeah, it's not really like, like... It's not like Thaddeus Moss was in there like... Mm, mm, kneecap. Mm, mm, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> His... Uh, Dan Campbell is a dangerous influencer and should be banned from all social media. I'll round this off by, um, like I said, repeating verbatim. Uh, I don't know why cutting is still allowed in the NFL! Exclamation point, exclamation mark. We grown-ass fucking men! Exclamation point. Let's play ball, bro! Exclamation point. I hate to see that shit, man! Exclamation point. That sounds like an exclamation point uh, on on that on that particular topic. How are you doing, Max? We we Guys, started I'm, the episode I'm... reflecting, so I thought I'd at least get you involved in some some reflecting. I'm in something of a weird headspace at the moment. I join you, completely shirtless, in a pitch black office, deep in the heart <laughs> of Chelmsford. <laughs> 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 okay. There is a reason that having traversed, spent most of the day, almost the whole day, driving back from Scotland, where it was a, a balmy 17 degrees and raining, and it's like 27 here in Chelmsford, Woof. got in, like unpacked all our stuff, was sprinting around trying to make and eat dinner before this podcast, and it's I got so sweaty. I've, I've rarely been a sweaty. And um, <laughs> so that explains the shirtlessness, and the the darkened office is because mm. the office Black? is the room in the house. Uh, I need to have uh, the windows open because I can't have a fan on because we're recording. Cause, but if cause I open, the... if I turn the light on with the windows open, a million people get in here. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm currently basically in some sort of prison cell, just <laughs> sweating <laughs> my <butt off. laughs> I think it's kind of it is it, it forces you to reflect on on what you hold valuable to yourself and pod recording podcast is up there for me, so I'm looking forward to the new season. Start as you mean to go on. Wow. Yeah. That was a, you... a professional as ever answer there. Yeah. Let's uh let's move on. Since you've joined us actually, Max. Have Hi. you have you been paying any attention to Packers preseason? 
you know, I kind of decided that this was the year where I, for some reason, I just didn't want to really engage with much preseason tape because I kind of got bored of being in the cycle of, you know, every every year that you watch some like fourth, like some like fourth string guys, and I think there was a tweet I saw that pretty much summed it up. <laughs> Um, and it was from our old mate Cy Carroll, and it was like, I can't remember exactly who it was about, but it was about a rookie, an undrafted rookie, and he was like, he looked really explosive, has flashed throughout camp, coaches are really impressed, he has a good chance to make the roster. (laughs) (laughs) The discrepancy between the exciting description and the reality of the situation kind of puts me off preseason a bit, but I think camp I've been tracking like the camp storylines, and um, there's some interesting ones. I think the Packers one. I think this is kind of true across the league, but in the Packers camp, the defense is sort of dominating the offense at the moment. Should that should that surprise anyone? Um, I don't know, and I don't know how concerning it is because if you're at like Panthers camp and they say the defense is dominating the offense. That's like okay. The Packers I think have a chance to be the top the top three, top five NFL defense. And I think the offense I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> I think the the Packers defense is definitely a lot more loaded than the offense, so it's kind of not surprising. Mm. But it is still kind of concerning because you need to score points to win games. I mean I like I I don't think any Packers fan should really be that concerned because like because the same thing as every year is going to happen. Well, like, back to Yari's off the putt list. Elton Jenkins is, like, probably going to be back by, like, early, early season, hopefully. There's a, there is a guy that I've seen quite a lot of buzz about on the Packers O-line. The new right, uh, right tackle, fourth round, uh, Zach Tom, who Zach is Tom. apparently getting quite a lot of um, <laughs> quite a lot of buzz, actually. From, yeah, no, he has been getting quite a lot of buzz. It's, it's weird though. No one knows what his surname is. His first name is Zach Tom, but um, surname <laughs> on time. Um, and yeah, so like I think early two thousands, like a sometimes played on MTV artist <laughs> Zach Tom. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, R.O.P. Darius, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think the Packers. It's kind of weird because the Packers for so long had like this established offensive line with guys like. Bakhtiari, TJ Lang, if you remember that sort of line. And then, then they had the line with, you know, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lindsley. And now when you look at their lineup, it's Josh Nyman's playing left tackle, Zach Thompson playing right tackle. They got Josh Myers, uh, John Runyon's in there. <laughs> you know, it's fun to go through. They, they actually stepped up and played pretty admirably last year, but that was with the cover of Bakhtiari and, and Jenkins. So, yeah, I uh, I think the offensive line is going to get better as the year goes on. The Bakhtiari thing is still a huge concern because he's not played, for, you know, it'll be almost two seasons, close to two seasons by the time he gets back out there probably. So whether he can get back to it, I don't know. I'd hope so because he was probably one of the most talented players on the Packers roster. So, yeah, there's cause for concern there, but the, the defense is going to be stacked. I'm, I'm kind of excited to maybe have a competent defense in Green Bay this year, but I've said that a few times before. If this isn't a top three defense, I would eat a hat if I owned any. 
It's possible. I, I think it's a couple. There's a couple of scenarios where it's not as good as as advertised. I think um, it's it's quite a top heavy one. So a few injuries could derail it. Uh, yeah, the like depth is an issue, but. Uh... And they're kind of counting on Devondre Campbell and Russell Douglas who had like massive impacts last year, and they're kind of counting on them to to carry that on as as you know they've been re-signed in the case of Douglas. So yeah, I don't know. Like when you're adding Jaron Reed if he makes the team, um, and uh, uh, Wyatt to Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry, you've got Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. And then in the backfield, you've obviously got um, Stokes, uh, Alexander, Douglas, Savage, and Amos. So I think that weighs up as like one of the best secondaries that you could think of. But yeah, the, the, the pass rush is a bit of concern. They really need... And there's been a lot of hype, so yeah. it's possible. But if Rashan Gary's like an all-pro, that would go a long way to help him. Hmm. God, God, I wish I'd followed a kind of team or I would have to like talk myself down to like, hey, let's be realistic here. Maybe top five defense. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It's fine though, because this is like one of the first few times that the Packers have had it since Max started following, so it's fine. Well, well yeah, this is the first time, you know, obviously Teflon Dom wasn't packing a top five defense. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I think they can have a great defense here. If they're struggling and Aaron Rodgers is falling into a bit of a rut like he was at the start of the Lafour era, it's a bit of a problem. But like, uh, I wouldn't want to say like they they need Watson hasn't really done anything. Obviously, he's been hurt, so yeah. that he's the key piece. But I mean, it's like they're already putting Romeo Dubs in the Packers Ring of Honor. Like they're so excited about him. <laughs> There is quite and a he lot had of... making good plays in game as well as in practice. And I was reading something like Jair Alexander wanted to match up with him personally in practice just to like put him to his paces, and he did all right like for a fourth round pick. So yeah, mm. if he can play and and they get something out of Watson, Lazard is there. Uh, Cobb, I guess. And Sammy Watkins. I don't know. I like yeah, it. they've got they've got guys who are there, and you can't say too much more about them. I think the best thing about the Packers this year is is um, not only the actual sort of strength of, of their defense, and obviously it definitely helps having Aaron Rodgers like on a back to back MVP um, going forward. But also, the NFC is so it's so top heavy, and there's like three teams who I'd consider right at the very top of that. Sam appears to have disappeared. It's fine, but the NFC has got the Packers. The Bucks with Brady, and the Rams, and then it feels yeah. like there's sort of a there's like a middle ground, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like any of those three are going to be anywhere near the strength of the Packers. Like I can't I can't in good faith say that like the Cowboys, the Niners, or the Vikings will be in that same bracket as them top three. So I feel like with the NFC being so top heavy, I feel like it'll probably be not a cakewalk, but I think the Packers will be able to make a pretty deep playoff run until they get beaten by said 49ers in the ch- uh, championship yeah. round. It was funny last year how I spent like the whole second half of it. Because remember the Niners were like in the doldrums halfway through the season? Yeah. And they started coming on and I was like, oh God. I was like, we cannot <laughs> play the Niners. I was like, whatever happened, we cannot play the Niners in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, so it's predictable. I think um, the last thing I want to say on the Packers is that, like, Gutekunst is probably turning out to be one of the best team builders in the NFL when you look at the roster that they have now compared to what it was, um, you know, before it came in. And um, the biggest... The biggest concern is there's definitely a world out there where the Packers' leading receiver at the end of the season is Randall Cobb, and he has 572 yards. Yeah, there's <laughs> a sort of possibility about that, isn't there, really? Because, I mean, Dubs, who... Oh, sorry, Dubs, which we all got Dubs. duped into fucking saying that it was Dubs by... I believe it was you, Max. No, it's it's Dubs. Like, D-O, like Josh Dubs. Yeah, but you definitely said Dubs. At one point, yeah, I, sure. I thought it was. But apparently, it's not. Yeah, um, there's sort of a lot of expectation being put on his shoulders a little bit because obviously Devontae <laughs> Adams left, and it's like, other than that, the receiving core is is quite a lot of sort of wide receiver two and three guys. Like, if Dobbs doesn't, yeah, if Dobbs doesn't end up like excelling to a ridiculous level, then yeah, Randall Cobb having 600 yards could be the lead receiver, which if it's spread around a lot, then fair play. But like, I can't see that being all too successful, even with an an MVP at quarterback. It is really concerning that Christian Watson hasn't gotten the practice field yet because Aaron Rodgers is famously a guy who has to have trust in his receivers and who will like give him... Like Aaron Rodgers is famous for giving receivers shit if they make mistakes or they drop it, you know. And a lot of them, like, there are some people who kind of are like, okay, yeah, I'll just get on with it. And there are some who don't take that very well. And I think it's really important for Christian Watson to build chemistry with him. So the fact he's not out there yet is is concerning for how his rookie season is going to look. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Um, happy to move on from the Packers, Max. Anything else to add? Uh my god, I, I just need I just need them to improve to like twentieth best on special teams. That'll do me. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which should happen, which should happen. Um alright. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity before we run around the league just very, very briefly. We'll do like a full a full cover up of like all thirty one teams that we want to talk about this year. I'm just gonna take this opportunity just quickly to talk about the Steelers. Um because the preseason that we've been having it's actually been it's been looking pretty pretty decent, you know. So um, the two the two biggest sort of storylines going into it were the quarterback situation and uh, whether or not the two rookie wide receivers that we ended up taking um, are going to end up being any good. Um, so far, it's looking it's looking pretty hopeful. So George Pickens in the game against the Seahawks. Um, absolutely balled out, caught an absolute beaut of a touchdown catch from uh, Mason Rudolph on sort of like a, I think it was like a 34-yard touchdown pass, but um, beautiful touch pass, just to completely beat his man at the line. Um, he 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 has looked really really good. Um, again, Kevin Colbert in his final draft almost seemed to want to go out on like the most Kevin Colbert way possible, which was get a guy outside the first round that's a that's just a weird f- almost freak at wide receiver because George Pickens uh it's 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 been pointed out quite a lot that some people had him even down as like second or third best wide receiver 
before his ACL injury. And I know that he's got sort of like some off the field uh, off the field concerns. But if you're going to ask any head coach in the NFL to deal with the the concerns of someone off the field, it's going to be Mike Tomlin, who has proven throughout his career that he can get those guys to at least suit up and absolutely obliterate teams. So already off to a good start with George Pickens. But I actually want to talk about Kenny Pickett as well. Um, He has, through basically through four drives, I believe, he's 19 for 22, but one of those was a spike because it was in the last, like, 40 seconds of of the um, second quarter. So, you know, had to clock it. But other than that, he is 19 for 21 with... I believe 176 yards and three touchdowns. He has made the the correct read on every throw so far. I haven't found a single throw where he made the wrong read. The only the only times where he sort of had a bit of nervousness about him is because the O line in that Seahawks game was atrocious by the time that he came in. But in the Jags drive, especially um, because he's he's. He's been sort of ruined a bit by our O-line giving up stupid holding penalties, which is annoying and a concern, but hopefully because of the new guy that we got in from the uh, from the Panthers, which I believe Pat Meyer, I think is his name, um, who has apparently been telling these five bums that we've got how to do like complicated stunts, and they just don't know how to do it. So hopefully that gets addressed at some point. But... Kenny Pickett himself, he's been making the right read. And I must say, he has been making some great throws, especially in that game against the Jags, um, where he had defenders in his face constantly. He had to get the ball out quickly. He made a great out to Deontay Johnson, or he made a great throw on a slant to Deontay Johnson for about 15 yards. And then an absolute beaut of a pass for Pat Fryermuth that was over the middle it was perfectly timed it was the it was the perfect placement so i actually i think that trubisky will start week one because they've always sort of pointed that as being the way that they were going to go they brought him in on a two-year deal for that reason it's on a backup contract of like 14 million dollars for two years but it wouldn't surprise me if by week three or week four if trubisky hasn't gotten the results against like the bengals and the ravens it wouldn't surprise me if if we saw Kenny Pickett come in and take over the starting job. And I think I'm not gonna lie, the the the, the point about him being the most pro ready quarterback in the draft I think is 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 looking true so far. So I, this is like the first time that I've gotten to actually like <clears throat> gush about Kenny Pickett and his play throughout preseason. Um guy seems like a gamer. He seems like a guy that will get out onto the field and even if he's not quite living up to it in training camp, apparently, like he's he's making good throws, but like the defense is is also putting a lot of pressure in. They do these like seven shots things where they do they do seven plays and it's offense versus defense, and that's every day in training camp. And the defense, like you were saying, Max, like every team seems to be getting that. The defense is is winning those more often. Um, Pickett's played all right in those, but it's when he gets out onto the game and he's out on the field, and you can see as well the energy around Heinz Field at the at the Seahawks game when he he takes his first plays 
and the crowd are immediately chanting Kenny, it wouldn't surprise me if Trubisky was benched by week three or four if he's not getting the results. And if he is getting the it's, results, then that's fair. It's a, it's astute observations. I just have one question for you. Go Where on. the bloody hell is Heinz Field? Is that real? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's going to take a little bit of time to, to get used to calling it Akrasher Stadium as opposed to Heinz Field. One of the worst renamings that I've ever seen for a stadium it's it it is going to be tricky so I am going to I'm going to butch that uh, I'm going to butcher that a few times but yeah yeah I, I've been pretty dedicated to like not really watching much preseason I've watched like five snaps of preseason um I, I think I might have to break that to look at Pickett because I'm hearing what you're saying and a lot of people are saying he's looking he's very tidy he's very efficient but I think one thing that I would say that I need to see for myself is when you're saying he's making the right read, uh, that probably doesn't mean too much in preseason because, you know, as we always say, like, like there's not really that much of a game plan. They're not doing too much mad stuff on, on gaming. And when, when is he sort of coming into the games? Is he running with, like, the twos and the threes? So, or, like, just uh, the threes the, and the fours? So or? in the Seahawks game, he was running with uh, the twos and the threes. Um, because he came in for the entire second half, it was the um, it was the Jags game where he only got one quarter. He got the second quarter, but he was running with the ones against the Jags ones, and the Jags mm. ones had been generating a lot of pressure throughout the first quarter. To Trubisky, Pickett comes in, gets his drive in the two minute drill, and and that was the bit where I sort of went from thinking. Okay, he's played really well against the Seahawks. To all right, this guy actually looks like he's he's got the stuff here. Like he he actually he had a play that didn't even really it didn't count because of a holding call that got called against um, Dan that Moore, but it was also a uh, an offside, so it ended up offsetting. But he had a throw to De- uh, Deontay Johnson where it's it's man coverage, it's cover one. Um, Everybody else is in man coverage. There's one single safety in the middle of the field, and he just gives Deontay Johnson the chance to make the play on the ball against the Jags' starting corner. Can't remember the name who who Deontay Johnson <laughs> who is gets that over. I actually I don't know. It might have been C.J. Henderson to be honest. But oh yeah. But mm, the the thing that you want your quarterback to do is if you've got a wide receiver core that has got. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, and Pat Fryermuth in it. You want you want your quarterback to at least give them a chance. It was what was an issue for me with Mason Rudolph so often is he he can make the throw of forty yards and it'll be an absolute rope like he had with George Pickens. But so often he's overthrowing his guys or he's throwing behind them or he's throwing a sort of holi- uh, like a hospital pass that's designed almost to get the receiver hurt. Like, Kenny Pickett isn't making those throws. He's making the right throw, and he's got some zip. He's getting the ball out quickly. I'm not saying that he's going to be, like, a revelation, but considering that we're in a position where our quarterback situation is up in the arms and um, you're not too sure about where the future of this team is going to be you sort of you know the foundations there but how how is it going to end up all coming together it's it's encouraging yeah, for the guy that's just entered the building well you, you, well, well you say that 
the no, guy that's entered the the, 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 the locker room on the right. Do you think they made Kenny Pickett go into um, the reception at Agrishore and holding his hand in his old locker key and they gave him a new locker key? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think because uh, we had this discussion last week. We had this discussion last week, and you were fairly adamant. You were like, I, "You don't think rookie quarterbacks should really start in the in their first year?" And I was like, I'm kind of of the opinion that I think most teams who get a first round quarterback are, is straight away a battle. And most of the time, it's as, as soon as they're desperate enough or once the rookie starts winning the battle in, in camp, they'll go to the the um, the week one guy. And yeah. I think, or the, yeah, you know, to the, the, the rookie. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, the, the offensive line's a bit of a concern because, you know, you said you're this guy from the Panthers, not known as like a. A hotbed of high quality offensive line play. Well, and I think that could be that could be a potential undoing for the Steelers this year because, I mean, Mitch Mitch could be better suited because he's obviously got a bit more mobility. He's got a bit more experience. He's used to being chased around behind a slightly power offensive line, and he never had the receivers in Chicago that Pittsburgh have now. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I we need to. I don't think. I mean, I trust I trust the Steelers organization to make to not rush the decision, but I don't trust the Steelers fan base not to be fucking fuming about it. If like Trubisky's running for his, if if he like Trubisky's running for his life in week four, and um, the Steelers like three and one, or one and three, two and two, and yeah. he's not getting much done, I think the fan base would want Pickett, even though the fact that Trubisky's running for his life maybe means like. Ugh don't rush into stuff so it could be a, a year where you get quite annoyed on twitter <laughs> i, I <laughs> actually i think that the 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 thing that's that's probably like a, a sort of almost counterpoint but i i entirely agree with you on that sense is that um a lot of the things that i'm seeing is that a lot of people are saying like start mitch but give him a short leech but the o-line has to be factored into it like i'm seeing a lot of people saying that they want that o-line to be like massively improved to the point where um there are now if you well i've been seeing just casually just waiting to see if any news pops up um like from around the league but some of the things that i'm seeing is that all of a sudden like trade rumors for isaiah win and stuff are coming up um to go to the steelers for that exact reason the the it's the, such a tough it's such a hard position to fix, isn't it? Cause yeah, there's no point overpaying for Isaiah Wynn because he, because he's a left tackle and you're trading for him and he's coming up to the end of his rookie contract, right? Yeah, you would be overpaying for him. Yeah, and I don't is he that good? I just don't I just don't know. So it's a really like offensive line is is one of the things that makes good teams good and bad teams bad. Yep. I mean, I was talking about the Packers having an established offensive line for so long. The Steelers were exactly the same. They had like the same, more or less the same cast of guys for like several years. And yeah. it just gives them ability. So is that could, you know, that's, that's, that's so often the stumbling block in it. It's, it's so irritating watching this O-line core of more... Green slash Dotson, Cole, Daniels, and Aquarifor. When five years ago it was Villanueva, 
<laughs> Foster. Sorry, I just that. Pound save. Sorry, I just remembered that villain waiver versus <laughs> yeah. the drone on the outside. Fast yeah. Uh, it was Villanueva, Foster, Pound save, De Castro, and uh, Filer all playing out of their fucking minds. Like, it's so irritating because the team is so... It seems like it's no. so ready for, at this moment and the O-line is just going to let it down. I can feel it. It's irritating. Because it, it's kind of a symbiotic relationship as well, right? Because you better believe that the fact that Roethlisberger had been around for so long meant that he helped them protect him better and he really needed them too because famously not a mobile guy at the end of his career. Yeah. Um, and you just wonder, a lot of the time O-line play is so dependent on the quarterback. Like, like remember... I just remember that game against the Jets where Tyrod Taylor was getting destroyed in the first half and then Mayfield came in and it was just like, it instantly improved the pass protection because he was just a different kind of player. So there's a lot that goes into it, but yeah, it's one of those wait and see, definitely a wait and see situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, some of his preseason snaps, I felt like a lot better about it than I thought I would because he was, I mean, it wasn't like, Mitch in that I think it was the Panthers game like he did not have great protection and he was still like there's going to be a lot of quick outs in the offense this year yeah but I think like what used to it (laughs) yeah yeah I, I entirely agree to be honest I think that Mitch still played well against the Jags it was just like they were generating so much pressure. They were generate. They were just going blitz because they wanted to test out how that front seven would look against like a bad O line. And fair enough, it it fucking worked. Um, oh, the Jordan Love method. Yeah, but I feel like Trubisky still looked all right. He had a he had a really good completion in the Claypool and stuff. But yeah, basically, Kenny Pickett's looked really good um, so far. I'm excited to see where it goes. Obviously, still it is preseason. You still have to add that asterisk to it, but yeah. Very, plays, very nice that he's... More, if he puts in one more week of preseason like the last two, you're going to lose hold of your reasoning. Yeah. Like, well, we've got, we've got Dan now. Campbell's Lions, who uh, are, are... Everybody's sort of like sneaky fa- uh, sneaky like, oh, are they going to make the playoffs this year? Oh, this may shock you, but not me. Starters? Well, yeah, that's... That's not a good <laughs> <laughs> Have they been playing starters for the most part? What, who's the, who's the Lions? Lions, yeah. I would imagine I so, yeah. Been, yeah, I haven't I haven't actually been watching most See, of it. It seems like a seems like a very Dan Campbell thing to do. Yeah, well, I mean what are you really gonna gain from benching Jerry Goff and Jeff Akuda <laughs> and friends? <laughs> <laughs> Is Jared Goff just has a passion. He needs to play football to a middling degree somewhere, and you can't you can't stop him. Yeah, no. If if we found a way to stop him, we would we would employ that. <laughs> it needs to be a government organization set up solely for the purpose of neutralizing Jared Goff. Well, I'm sure we've got the budget going spare, so why not? <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, the Lions. Did anyone see that? Um, I've, I've moved on from the Steelers. We're just, we're just going to go around the league now. Um, did anyone see that they're actually they they ran a session? I think it was on Monday 
uh, last week. Oh, where the player-led. The player-led yeah, player session led where there wasn't a single coach on the field. Yeah, it was just Dan Campbell rolling around like second the dudes were all right. Yeah. That's that a nice. pretty sick way to give yourself a day off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, who who was who would lead that? Who are the veterans in that group? Like, it's it's just gonna be Jamal. Tenured... It's just gonna be Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. The, the He's just gonna be doing this. Is surely like Taylor Decker is the most longest tenured Lions <laughs> player? Uh, maybe it might be Frank Ragnall, but yeah, someone who's been there for like four years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's a Sean Robinson up to nowadays? Deshaun Hand. <laughs> but yeah. Um, crazy. Uh, other news from around the league. Baker Mayfield has been confirmed as week one starter in news that surprises absolutely nobody because their other Yee-hee. options were uh, Sam Darnold. So, PJ Walker's there. PJ Walker's okay. there. There was no chance that he was going to yeah, be Philip. starting over. But Matt Carell is actually out for the rest of the season with a with a oh, cheeky oh, Liz like. Frank injury, so nightmare. Um, as for uh, as for pretty much anything else from around the rest of the league, I don't really have anything else from from preseason. The only thing that we've I... got left is just that 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 little talking point that we'll get onto in a second, if you want. I don't have anything like too much that I want to get into, but I would just like to draw everyone's attention to the Cardinals Ravens game where Cliff Kingsbury oh. went 0 for 6 on scoring drives and then Tyler took play calling duties and went 2 for 2. <laughs> it makes uh. sense from such a shooter of the game. <laughs> what do you mean he's been, he's been studying the PA crosses? The uh, gun trips Y cross information <laughs> and uh, double slants. <laughs> That's what he's been studying. For anyone that doesn't play Madden, those are all of the OP <laughs> plays in Madden, by oh, the way. There you go. That's double slant. <laughs> yeah, the double slants. They've been nerfed. The, the Madden 23 next gen, they've been nerfed. What? In 23? Yeah. Well, I'll I never, actually, I'll never be Ed at Madden again. Have you, have you had a go on? Have you had a go on twenty three? Is it good? Uh, so I haven't played the next gen version yet, but I've played the the last gen version because that's on PC. But I've bought an Xbox because I want to get the, all of the next gen Ooh. sports titles. I bought an Xbox Series S so I can play all the next gen ones because it's like a two hundred pound next gen console that's digital know, only. Oh, yeah. Fucking little mini. Game box. What a little tiny little Game Pass box. I fucking love it. So yeah, I've I got know. that arriving got tomorrow. So, uh, Max, if you want to play Madden 23. Um... I've not played Madden in like three years, but I've got a mate who played it, and um, he actually said he was quite impressed. Yeah, that's the reason mainly that and the new changes to my NBA on, on NBA 2K23 that I've actually been oh, like, look, i Oh, the Eras thing is amazing. Is that the era? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Maybe it's on the Larry Bird podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Larry Bird podcast. But yeah, <laughs> fair play so far from from before I've played it, but just based off of what I've seen for Madden 23 on Next Gen, because it's apparently actually really good as an actual semi-simulation football game, which is all we've wanted from it for fucking 15 years now. I won't hold my breath. 
<laughs> That's entirely fair. Um, all right. Final final talking point. We are going to say absolutely zero names here, but um, we we have we've come to a decision over the off season um, due to the main talking point. And if you're not familiar with it, I'm sure if you just Google NFL controversy, it'll come up as as the first thing. Um, there is a team and there is a player that we won't be mentioning the name of. Um, at all, uh, as as best as we can, throughout any game, um, throughout any any episode, potentially for this season, maybe until the end of the contract, we'll 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 sort of iron out the details. But it's especially for this season, um, between, between the contract and between us and the gods of having a podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Frankly, it would just be way nicer if none of us even if he, if none of us even touched upon it, um, because ne- realistically, nobody wants to be dealing with that massive can of worms, um, other than that they're a disgrace. And uh, one thing that we've sort of said is, um, I don't know whether or not we're going to do this as like a uh, a peer mention or is like a flat thing i think that we sort of said like just a flat donation at the end of the season um where we're all gonna chip in and donate to um uh sarsas which hang on let me just it is the support for people affected by um any kind of sexual assault or abuse at any time in their lives charity here in the uk um and basically Instead of mentioning that team or that player, we're gonna we're gonna put a donation in. So if you are a fan of that team and you'll know who you are, don't expect any coverage from us for this season because it's not happening. Um, and yeah, sorry, it's just not happening. You did it to yourselves. Um, anybody else got anything to add about that at all, or can we can any, we bail on this? Any. Any fans of the Spoken team should have thought about this before they chose to root for the city of Cleveland. He yeah. said it, for God's sake, For immediately sake. said it. Immediately said it. Dreadful. But yeah, now you know who it is. The cat's out the bag. Get to the... fuck. <laughs> We're not talking about you this... at all this season. Sorry. Serial sexual assaulter is out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately so. Um, not to obviously make light of their situation, I just want to move it on to a light heart, a more light hearted. Yeah, thing. but I'd like to personally add. <laughs> what can we make jokes about? <laughs> I'd like to, on the topic of making a donation, I'd like to personally add that if the Seahawks cut JJ Arthago Whiteside, I will be making a twenty-five pound donation to um to the JJ Arthago Whiteside Legacy <laughs> Foundation. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll be founding and donating. No, I'll find. <laughs> I'll find. I'll be donating twenty five pounds to the Moritz Boehringer Foundation for <laughs> European born wide receivers converted to tight ends who were never appreciated in their time. We have news. There is what? news. Rigoberto Sanchez has torn his Achilles. 
God. That's, that's the that's the official team of almost every UK NFL podcast this year. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually our official team because of the fucking grumble. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, it, thanks to my selection. Yeah. I picked them over the... What do you mean, thanks, everyone? I picked them over the Ravens, so you should genuinely thank me. No, I, no I am, I'm saying thanks, but now we're down a punter, so thanks. Yeah. Sam, um... I don't think Sam has ever stopped seething about my decision to go because I consider crab cakes to be somewhat overrated. <laughs> He's fuming. You know He's what? already I fuming. Forgot he forgot about the... it. You panned Baltimore. I mean, like, they should have a real cuisine, like, in Indianapolis. Oh, 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 God forbid they take a delicious, delicate seafood and press it with some... some some spices that really okay let me ask you a question if i put a head in front of you a crab cake or one of those mad indiana pork tenderloin sandwiches where it's like two buns between a slab of pork like mashed out pork deep fried pork cutlet which one are you selecting i'm, I'm You're selecting taking the, the meat one. Lab. i'm taking the i'm taking the slab oh. in bread it's a fucking schnitzel go get your own culture you fucking hicks wow <laughs> A slab in bread is like the most northern <laughs> food I can think of. <laughs> uh, I, think it, I, think, we... I think I would go for slab in bread one, the famous Burscuff P-Dog number two. <laughs> <laughs> we we died for that right. What has Indianapolis ever done? Shit all. Um, it's hosted the Combine every single you year. You said the same thing I was thinking. I was trying to think of how to how to how to word it right. You did it. Alright. Can we get out of here because we've been going for an hour twenty and it's another yeah, I need hour to have a, a longer hour. than I expected. I have one single question. What go on. Actually, have you ever tried Old Bay? Um not that I'm aware of to be fair. Honestly, it'll change your life. Oh, yeah, maybe if I have a little bit of black pepper, white pepper, salt, cayenne, and smoked paprika, it'll change my life. I've never had those before. Shut up. Let's finish this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot, the, I forgot the Yank staples of garlic powder and onion powder. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell.